This is Jamie Andelin, and you're listening to Your Turned On Desire. I used to have very little desire for sex. This became an issue in my marriage. It was the only thing we were arguing about. So I learned how to stop avoiding sex, and I learned how to look forward to it and enjoy it instead. And this improved my marriage and my personal life more than I could even imagine it would. So then I helped hundreds of women in my coaching business ditch the low desire struggle. And now I'm sharing the secrets here. Welcome. It was 6 p.m. and I was feeling annoying sensations in my chest, my arms, and my stomach. I felt fatigued and burnout. I felt like someone was pumping irritation through my veins. It was just a typical Tuesday night. It was during the bewitching hours of the day when kids are demanding and dinner was supposedly required again. Then it was going to be bedtime and all that comes with it. That was on the list of things to do. And it hit me. I wanted to make love, not dinner. I found myself lying to myself and thinking that I couldn't find time to make love to my husband because of all the things pulling at my schedule and my attention. But in this moment, I gave myself permission to not make dinner and to make love instead. I asked my husband to make pancakes for the kids and I decided I wasn't going to think about any of the checklist things to do. I went to my room and I took a bath and relaxed and for the rest of the evening while he fed and bathed and put the kids to bed. Then when he came into our room, I focused on kissing and touching and I did not make penis and vagina my goal at all. I made intimate connection and pleasure my goal. And you better believe, I made love. It was just what I needed. So many times I lie to myself and say that I have so much to do and then deny myself of the most nourishing pleasures of life. When in all reality, amidst the chaos and the busyness, pleasure and connection are always, always, always an option. So that's an excerpt from an Instagram post that I made this week. And I want to bring attention to a comment that I got on this because I think we can all learn so much from this. And I'm so thankful that people respond and make comments and that we can use it to learn and, and really get better. So here's the comment. She put in quotations, have your husband do dinner, clean up the house, and put the kids to bed? End of quotation. That would never happen here. Sadly, I dread sex. It's just one more thing I don't have the time or energy for. So this might be triggering for some of you listening, but I really feel like I need to say something. So sorry, but I'm, I'm not really sorry because when we feel triggered, there is learning and growth for us. So I encourage you to lean into the discomfort to learn for yourself about yourself. We women did not choose to marry jerks because we are awesome and we make good choices. Our husbands 
want happy, healthy wives above all else. So when we say things like, my husband would never, first of all, we are deciding for him what he will do before we give him a chance to decide for himself. Second of all, it makes us look bad as women when we say stuff like that. It makes us look like we are victims to our circumstances and we can't have what we want. And then we continue to find evidence for how jerky our husbands are and we feel mad and sad about it. So let's start with the first of all that I said, deciding for him what he thinks, feels, and will do. Maybe we have evidence that he would never. So it's easy to assume this, but it's healthier to let him decide for himself. Even if he does choose not to help out, let him choose that himself. What happens when we decide ahead of time what our spouses will think and say and do and we decide this for them? It prevents us from even trying. Let's take a look at this. If we're thinking the thought, my husband would never, then we might feel discouraged. What are some of the actions or the inactions, the behaviors that we would have from thinking this thought and feeling that feeling? We don't make requests. We don't ask for changes. We disconnect from our spouse. We ruminate on what you don't like or want. We don't want sex. We feel resentful. The result from this thought, this feeling, and these actions or inactions is we stay in the same patterns and ruts in our marriage and families. Now let's look at the second point, which is it makes us look bad as women when we think we married husbands who don't help or who don't want to be partners with us. Why would we want to think this about our husbands? Really? Why would we choose to think things like this? Because it serves us what do I mean by this? So how might this thought be serving us? One way is that it makes us look like we do so much. Maybe we identify with being a martyr and sacrificing so much so others can be happy. Maybe this is what we were modeled as children. Maybe our mothers did this. And so then we think we have to continue this cycle. Or maybe it's like, look how productive I am. And a lot of our worth is based off of being productive. So this makes us feel like we are worthy and valuable when we can say like, we do all these things and our husbands would never help us. But is this really serving us? Let's break it down, okay? Let's say we're thinking something along the lines of, we think that our worth is based off of productivity and doing a lot for others and maybe being the only one who does the most. Or just being the one who does the most in the house. When we think this, we might feel something along the lines of prideful, like having a high opinion of ourselves, like a I'm better than them sort of way. It makes us feel like we are on a pedestal in some way. So now we can feel worthy, valuable because we're doing a lot because we have to do a lot and we have so much to do. When we feel this way, what do we do and what do we not do? Well, we try to fill our days with doing, doing, doing. Then we don't ask for help because that would mean 
we wouldn't be doing and that we wouldn't feel valuable. So if our husbands were doing a lot, then that would put him on a pedestal above us. And that's pride too. Putting someone above or below is pride. So then we would have to do something in order to put ourselves up on the pedestal with him so we could be more equal to or better than. So this just creates distance between us and our spouse, distance between the spouses and competition. What else do we do from thinking and feeling this way? Well, we don't want sex. We don't want to pause for intimate connection. We feel distance and lack of intimacy. So then we turn to cheap pleasures to try to fill that void. TV, food, maybe other people. We might even think that spending time with other people is better than our spouses. And we are tired. So tired. Burned out. Thinking that household tasks and to-do lists are the point of life. We lose our aliveness. We lose our vibrancy. We gain weight. We are stressed. Sad. And the result that all of this creates is we push ourselves further and further from what we really want, a strong, intimate connection with our spouses and fun, romantic sex full of passion. We think dinner and bedtime and work and cleaning are the points of life. Here's a little test you can do for yourself. Imagine yourself as an old man or woman. I usually imagine myself in my 80s then imagine you're sitting yourself down on your rocking chair on your front porch. Get comfortable because you're going to look back at your life. Look back to where you are right now and what you're struggling with today. What are you struggling with today? Focus in on your marriage. What are the pain points for you? What are the struggles Then ask yourself, what does my 80-year-old self have to say about this? And what advice would she or he give me? If life kept going on the way it always has for you, then how would your 80-year-old self answer these questions? How do I feel about my choices and the life that I lived? What are my regrets? What do I wish I made time for? What do I wish I had tried? Next time you're trying to decide which way to go, try putting this rocking chair test to work for you. We have so many important things we want. And of course, we want to be responsible and take care of our families and do all the things. And we have competing wants as well. Things we want in the moment and things we want in the big picture between you and I. Okay, let's just get, let's get personal for a minute. Between you and I, I would be pretty flattered if Chris Hemsworth showed up at my front door and invited me on a trip with him. There's a part of me that would want to go. And there's another big part of me that would want to stay in love with my husband and deepen our marriage intimacy. Can I want this flattering experience and also want my deeply intimate marriage with my husband at the same time? Yes. It's totally normal to want two different and opposing things at the same time. 
This is called competing wants, and we all have them. We can want to go to bed early. We can also want the desire to stay up and enjoy a passionate lovemaking session. We can want to eat all the brownies, and we can also want to like what we look like in pictures and swimsuits. We can want to organize the pantry and also want to spend the day finding out what happens on Yellowstone. We can want to go to work and make lots of money, and we can also want to stay in bed. The wanting of more than one thing isn't wrong. This is just a part of life, and all this means is that we have choices to make. Sometimes it's a choice between what's happening in the immediate moment versus what we want in the big picture. And what we choose either leads us towards what we want in the big picture or feeds our instantaneous gratification. Sometimes the choices we make either just keep us in a pattern or a habit and we keep creating results that we don't want. We literally go insane. And sometimes our choices lead us down a completely different path and break us out of those patterns. Sometimes it's a choice between two wonderful things and we just need to choose and then be all in and love our choice and drop the guilt. Choices are not always easy to make in the moment, but if we can pause and look a few months down the road, the decision gets easier to make. So today, as you're getting closer to maybe the end of the day, notice what your competing wants are. For me, tonight, it's alone time, then early to bed. But I also want to make fun and sexy memories with my hubby that will be a strong foundation to our marriage when life gets really challenging because it always does. This is what every woman wants. If she knew it wasn't going to be too hard, she would want a thriving sex life. This is what every woman wants. We lie to ourselves and say we want to make dinner and go to bed early and check off all the things on our to-do list. What we really want is we want to like making love and we want sex to feel good and be something fun we do with our spouses. We want to look back on our lives when we were 80 and be able to say that we prioritized our lives. We had fun together and learned how to burn our to-do lists often so we could enjoy some romance that rejuvenated us and created a relationship that couldn't be shaken by the challenges of life. We want to put down our phones and laugh and be playful. We want to feel seen, loved, and cared for, and also wanted and desired. And we want to desire our husbands. We want to be equal and in love and sexy and vibrant, and we want to be turned on to life. We want to be these kind of women who serve others, but also take care of ourselves. What do our husbands want? They do want happy wives who desire making love to them because their wives love them and they love their wives. So did we marry jerks who didn't help us with anything? No, we married amazing men who want their wives to desire them sexually and romantically and who feel safe to open up emotionally and feel connected to us. We married men 
who, when they experience the rewards of their wives being rejuvenated and turn on to life and everything life has to offer, including amazing sex, they do whatever the hell they got to do to keep their women turned on to all of that because they want us to feel passionate and alive. They want us to have everything we dream of having and they're willing to provide this. What we have to do is we have to want this for ourselves unapologetically. And then when we simply say, I'm needing a break, so I'm going to go take a bath and then I'll be waiting for you in bed. And by the way, I plan on making love, so you better shower. They are happy to do whatever needs to be done so that she can feel alive and turned on and rested. When a husband knows what to do so that his wife can really truly feel just happier and more alive and turned on to life and sex, he is a more confident husband because he gets to provide that for her and he wants to. A more confident husband means a more confident man. And a more confident man in his abilities to provide for his wife is such a turn on. And so begins the cycle of him being able to turn her on. And it's beautiful. This episode is coming to an end. And I want to let you know that if you're a woman who is ready to stop the sex struggles in your marriage, my online program is for you. Especially if you don't want to feel alone while you're fixing things in your sex life. My online program is also perfect if you aren't ready to let your husband know that you're working on the sexual intimacy on your own in your marriage because you don't want him to feel anxious or impatient for things to change. My online program is perfect if you are ready to stop arguing about sex and you don't want to participate in the we need to have more sex talk. You're Then if you're ready for these things, you're ready to join my online program if you have a genuine desire to enjoy your sex life for yourself and get ready because I will be opening enrollment for my program soon. Currently, the program is called New Year, New Sex Life, but I'm going to be changing the name because I've changed the program to not be just for this year, but my program is now Lifetime. So once you're in, you have access to all the content for life. You are able to join every single call and class that we have together for life. You will be able to sign up for private calls with me for the more intimate things that you may not feel open to sharing with other women in the program, and I will give you lots of help on that. So stay tuned for that announcement of the enrollment opening in July. In the meantime, if you want to get started with more than what is in this podcast, then you can enroll in my comprehensive bundle. It's an online bundle of courses. Anyone who is enrolled in the comprehensive bundle will get a coupon code to save money on enrolling in the program when it opens. Essentially, you will get the comprehensive bundle for free. So if you use the code to enroll in the online program, you end up getting the comprehensive bundle for free. You can use the code SELFLOVE, capital letters, S-E-L-F-L-O-V-E, no spaces, to save $100 on that comprehensive course bundle now if you're ready to get started and while you're waiting for the program enrollment to open. You know you're ready to join when you're ready to be at peace in your sex life. If that sounds better than anything, then this program is for you. 
Thank you for joining today. I'll see you next time.